P.S. You're Wrong, the podcast where we talk trash about the things people love to hate and hate to love. And we're your hosts, Shelby and Matt. I was going to do the um, the TikTok trend where you have to sing driver's license really bad, but then I couldn't remember what the lyric was. <laughs> I don't know that trend. I feel like you'd be really Are good you at it, though. on TikTok? No, I don't really I get on were. it. Oh I I use it to create reels for our podcast, but then I forget about it. I'm Shelby. sorry. I'm sorry. Honestly, this album is big because of TikTok. And I will just, I mean, we're talking about Sour, Olivia Rodrigo's new album today. And it, I think that like 75% of the reason why it's popular is because all three of these songs that she's released so far have had like very specific TikTok trends attached to them. I mean, I agree to a point, but Driver's License was a huge hit before TikTok picked it up. Driver's License debuted as a huge hit so it wasn't like it wasn't like old town road where it had this slow burn because tiktok discovered it and then made it a huge hit you know what i mean yeah yes i mean there there was there's a lot of things that made driver's license (laughs) a hit and on this album too which i think we'll get into but i do feel like the tiktok of it all is helpful yeah yeah because i i know like if i go to the on my Spotify too, I follow like the Billboard Top 100 playlist. Yeah, and sometimes I'll go in there and listen to the songs, and they are literally all TikTok. Oh, songs. I know. <laughs> like there are songs that I don't even like that I look at the title and it's like something something by SZA, and I'm like I don't know this song, yeah. and I play it, and it's like oh no, I do know this song. It's the TikTok <laughs> trend where you know it's like you change your hat or whatever. So <laughs> well, it's like how um, the weekend did the um, halftime show. Uh And uh, that was the first time I realized that that song that was like big at the beginning of quarantine. Yeah. I thought that was just like an 80s sampling that people did a dumb dance to on TikTok. But no, it was like a new release song by The (laughs) Weeknd. Then the other thing that I love but also hate about TikTok is that now you got these people who do these like fun remixes where they like mix Mm, songs together mm -hmm. on TikTok and then there's trends that are connected to the mixed songs. But then Mm. it's not at you can't actually go like listen to the full version of whatever this song is. It's like somebody just made a 30 second clip and it's very frustrating. So today I heard this one that was good for you mixed with wildest dream by taylor swift that was really good and then i was trying to find it and i couldn't but then i found a different version of it that like wasn't quite as good but i was still like into (laughs) okay (laughs) yeah it was okay it was that's just for the record oh my gosh (coughs) are you okay (laughs) i don't know what happened did you try one of those olivia rodrigo sour patch kids like what just what what came over you nothing i didn't even take a sip of water i just (laughs) just (laughs) well my apologies to you and your throat but um no i was excited when you recommended we did this for the podcast um because obviously this is my jam um i don't think you know if you if you draw like a venn diagram of like taylor swift fans and olivia rodrigo fans it's just a circle i feel like because there's there's a lot of similarities there especially in their uh, themes and and sort of how they became famous and the relationships they wrote in on and stuff like that. Um, So it's been fun to be an adult who has no business caring about this 18 year old's love life, but nonetheless finding myself really invested (laughs) in the song she's pulling out of it. And I've got to say like all power to Olivia. I don't even know your ex-boyfriend's name, but he is a traitor. He is total trash and you deserve to be happier than him. So it, so Olivia Rodrigo, for those of you unaware, <laughs> yeah. is the star of High School Musical, the musical series, <laughs> which I, I watched, watched one episode of back when Disney Plus launched. And basically all that was on there was like old animated movies, one episode of The Mandalorian and one episode of High School <laughs> yeah. Musical, the musical series. So I did watch it, just that episode. And I guess at some point in the filming of it, Olivia Rodrigo started dating Joshua Bassett, who was the other lead of the show and sort of her love interest. Mm -hmm. And then I don't know, like the details are murky on sort of like the ending of their relationship. And also like nobody involved is giving any 
real statements about it. Yeah. So it's it's just like people piecing things together from Instagram. But basically, at some point, they broke up from the sounds of it based on these songs. He broke up with her. Yeah. Then he started dating Sabrina Carpenter, who is <laughs> yeah. also a singer slash actor, Disney Channel star. I, from again, your favorite, from your beloved dance movie. Oh, yes. She was in um, <laughs> Work It. Mm-hmm. Work It, yeah. And, but we sort of don't know, like, when Josh and Olivia broke up. We don't know when Josh and <laughs> Sabrina started dating. Aside from just, like, random Instagram posts and people sort of, like, piecing things yeah. together. But Olivia Rodrigo, in a play taken out of Taylor Swift's yes. book, has written these songs... In a very provocative way. So really, like, whether or not they are actually about Joshua Bassett, which, like, we think they are, but unclear to, like, what extent and which pieces are and which pieces aren't. But they all could be connected with this relationship between two, you know, semi-big celebrities, especially in, like, the tween demographic. And then Joshua Bassett and Sabrina Carpenter both released songs that, like, people also thought were possibly connected to (laughs) all of this yeah yeah but there's just like but again none of them have really released statements all of them have just kind of talked around things which is another taylor swift move to sort of like throw a grenade into the party (laughs) and then like walk away and then when someone says wait you threw that grenade go what (laughs) um i don't know what you're talking about yeah these are just general songs about you know just normal things and people are like but wait this isn't about your celebrity romance she's like i i what (laughs) she's like i don't name names you know it's like i think she's i think olivia rodrigo to her credit has said that this is about these are personal to her that she's not trying to be like oh i just made these up out of thin air well but she's not saying it's about one specific thing yeah well i think she's talked about how she wanted so the album's called sour and how she wanted to write songs that are about sort of these these like sour feelings or emotions that especially young girls have that are like unattractive and people like look down on them for having and Mm -hmm. she so so there's a lot of on here about like jealousy and you know getting angry and uh like what happens when you get screwed over in a relationship and i'm i like i think that those are all feelings that she experienced and wrote about but all of the songs are full of like lots of details and very specific (laughs) details and it's like which ones of these are actual like real which ones of these did you make up because there's a line somewhere about how they watched reruns of glee but then in an interview it came out that she'd never actually watched glee so there's like (laughs) lots of it's hard to it's hard to unpack and i was trying to find articles that really did a good job with this and i feel like people are sort of like this is a mess like wait I don't even know where to begin (laughs) well in an interview with billboard she did say like oh at first I was worried about just doing these heartbreak songs because she didn't want to be pigeonholed but then she said that she she didn't want to fight inspiration I'm a singer songwriter who writes from a place of authenticity and truth and truthfully these were the feelings that I was feeling at the time and so I feel like that and that's part of what works here is because obviously we you you pick an artist they have a breakup track like that's just that is the bread and butter of especially pop music is just relationships that don't go well because no one wants to listen to love songs really but i feel like what worked well for her is that there is this like true teen angst that feels authentic you feel every like knife wound from every single detail she gives us and so you do believe that these are diary entries and i think it helps that that's sort of how her career took off is that um i mean she was obviously cast in high school musical the musical the series but her first like chance as a singer songwriter was in the show i guess they decided that her character nina i think i don't know her character needed a ballad and they realized that she'd been sort of like playing around on instagram with writing and they're like hey do you want to give this a try and so she wrote this song that ended up being one of the bigger songs from high school musical the musical the series the soundtrack (laughs) and so that got people interested in her and that is when she 
started doing uh, searching for a record deal and she was offered like quite big deals with a lot of different um, different records uh, companies but decided to go with um, Geffen Records because of the she felt heard by them they saw her not as just a pop star they could sort of turn into their glittering star but as a writer first and I think they also agreed to let her keep her master's, which she also talked about was a big deal. So she ended up deciding like that was where she wanted to be. And then this entire journey just like took off (laughs) in real time because she was signed in 2020. Her driver's license debuted in January of 2021. Huge hit. Then they released Deja Vu in March or no, in, in April. Uh, early April or something. And that's when they realized like, oh, we're not just going to do an EP. Like you need to do a full album. Like we need to ride this wave. And so there we are. (laughs) I mean, it is a short album. It's like 34 minutes or something like that. But yeah, yeah, it is a full track because I think that the timeline for their breakup is that it happened (laughs) sometime last summer. Yeah. Because then she has been stewing. (laughs) Yes, well, or I writing all of these yeah. songs, um, but yeah. So she and Daniel Negro. <laughs> You're like I don't, I don't know. I didn't look at pronunciation. Uh, um, Negro, I don't Nigro? know. Probably um, Negro. Yeah. <laughs> they, so they're so they're like credited <laughs> track writers on all of the. I was like, I can't. <laughs> like right. waiting for me yeah, to correct maybe. you. Yeah. Um, <laughs> But then, but then also to further the Taylor Swift connection, mm. Taylor Swift and Jack Antonoff are also credited as writers on one of the tracks. Yes, which I was like, wait, did they like were they involved in this? But I think it's just that no, they are just, sampling. Yeah. part of yeah, yeah of on Taylor's sw- on one step songs. forward, three steps back. <laughs> Peep the numbers. Um, she Olivia samples the um, New Year's Day. But in another Swifty twist, um, she didn't. She doesn't sample the original recording. She just plays the same melody or whatever you call it. So she doesn't actually give any <laughs> credit to Scooter Braun or um, whoever holds her masters because she didn't actually use the master recording. So props to her. She stays a stan. Um, but yeah, I mean, you listen to this album and you can hear Taylor Swift throughout it, but you can also hear a ton of different musical influences. And she's, Olivia's talked about that and how she wanted to do what she called a wide ranging, (laughs) um, sampling of music that's inspired her. And there's like a lot of Paramore, you know, that alt pop sort of vibe on a lot of tracks. Um, those are really the only ones I noticed because those are the only ones that I cared about. But yeah, some people were saying that it was it was like Lord, oh. and I was sort of like, eh, no. I couldn't find the Lord yeah. in, in the songs really. But yeah, no, I wouldn't say Lord. I think Alanis Morissette. I think some people yeah, would cited like Casey Musgraves on some of the quieter oh. <laughs> tracks. <laughs> no. no, you don't feel like she reached I, that. <laughs> I, no, I'm gonna take a hard pass on that. No, no, thank well, you. Well, okay, let's pretend we are uh, music critics. What grade would you give this album then? Because obviously you like it, but I'm curious, like overall. Yeah, as so a I debut. like it. I, I mean, I think that this album has this has a similar thing going that a lot of albums do, where like the best songs <laughs> I think are the singles. Mm. The I think they are also the most unique sounding songs on the album. And so there's, there's 11 tracks on here. Again, it's only like 30 some minutes, so it's not super long. And I feel like aside from driver's license, deja vu and um, good for you. We, there's a lot of tracks that are like very slow, sort of like singer songwriter, acoustic-y kind of things Mm -hmm. that are very interchangeable for me. Like they're sort of on different themes, but the music isn't that different. And I, don't exactly know how well all of the pieces sort of fit together here Mm -hmm. as an album because it does feel like they're like the the theme of the writing is all fits together but musically it feels a little all over the place so i don't know maybe i'd give it like a b 
Yeah, it, it feels like something, not to keep making the Taylor Swift comparison, but it does feel something akin to Red, which got a lot of like, yeah, there's great songs on here, but sonically it's just like incohesive and kind of like pick a lane almost. But and, the thing with Red yeah, yeah. is that you, is that like she was, that's like a transition <laughs> yeah, album yeah. where it's like she, it's like her fourth, she's already done three country exactly, albums and you can yeah. tell that she's moving. So maybe it's not cohesive, but you can like see what it's doing. There's a track where there, this yeah. is like the first album mm-hmm. and it's sort of like, is she Paramore or is she, you know, like girl at her yeah. piano? Yeah. Um, there's like a lot of balls in the air. I feel like she's, yeah. she's playing with a lot of toys and, and I think it, I think it's excused because it's her first album in a way. Like it's fun to see her stretch in these different ways, but it is interesting to think like, okay, well, where is she going to go? Um, I, th- I feel like this is a, a minus because I do feel like, you know, there's 11 tracks on here and almost all of them I've gone back to and listened to and enjoyed and like really admired. <laughs> so it's not like perfect, but I am surprised that there aren't as there aren't, duds in the way I maybe expected them to be, especially because of the rollout of this was so quick that it's sort of like, oh, is she just going to like throw things on here that don't necessarily deserve to be next to driver's license? But I was surprised. I, I was really into this album. <laughs> I mean, I I feel like I can feel the hastiness of this. Oh, really? Where it's, I mean, it's short, so it's not it's not like some of these more recent Taylor Swift albums that we've talked about with mm-hmm. the, you know, have like 18 tracks yeah. on it. And you feel like at a certain point you're like, okay, some, like some of these aren't as good. Like some right. of these could have gotten cut because it's so short. It, you, it doesn't have that same like meanderingness to it. Yeah. But I feel like there are some songs that really stick out and that, probably if you had if like this album had come out in august she could have subbed out a couple of these like slower things for something that's like slightly Mm. more interesting to tie it together yeah and you could have had an album that's just like a little bit more uh put together because honestly this sort of feels like she wrote all of the songs and i imagine I mean, I guess they don't really know her songwriting process, but I imagine like it's just her at the piano or the mm. guitar or whatever. And then some of these sort of got like zhuzhed up by producers. And I'm sure she had some input into it as well. But like, I think that that's probably part of the process. Mm-hmm. And I, and it sort of feels like that the producers didn't get to some of these tracks and were like, oh, well, we'll <laughs> just leave this one like it's a straight piano. Well, I think one thing you have to consider is that you have never been a teenage girl. And so, yes, like some of her stronger songs, I think you could argue are the louder ones, the more brash ones, the like more upbeat tempo ones. But... There is like a space there for those sad, slow, quiet ones that resonate with anyone who's felt abandoned or insecure or like, oh no, did oh. he ever like me? And <laughs> I mean, I don't, I don't, I'm not saying that she should like cut them all. I'm just yeah. saying that there's a lot of them, you know? Cause like, yeah. Cause like, traitor and one step forward, three steps back, yeah. and enough for you, and happier, and. <laughs> favorite crime and hope you're okay are all sort of like a similar vibe it's just like it i think what really worked and a lot of people use this word in their reviews but that it felt like um unabashed you know it was just like oh yes it's so earnest yeah and so there were songs and lyrics where i was like oh that's kind of like twee like i think she'll learn to write a little better a little sharper um but overall, I was really surprised by how I did feel invested in these feelings that I haven't like experienced in over a decade or whatever. And so I admired every every turn, even even those those slow lanes. And and I, I can see your point, but I do also just I have a soft spot for those sad ballads. So I enjoyed them. <laughs> I I really admire her for like going balls to the walls with the emotion on these tracks because to me what the emotion feels like is when you when like something happens to you and you are sort of like by yourself and are kind of like really flailing and feeling like all kinds of just like 
very strong emotions. Mm -hmm. And then you sort of like meet up with a friend or something and they're like, oh, how are you? And you sort of like are like, "Okay, well, I can't say this because (laughs) I'll sound like a crazy person. So then you sort of like put together like a a version that's still your emotions, but like slightly less like off the wall. (laughs) And I feel like that is the version that you usually get in a pop song. Yeah. Is like is this version where it's like the edges are sanded a little bit, but this is like no, this is fully like <laughs> I hate this person, like yeah. they stole my whatever. Yeah. I wish like disarming, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so there's a part of it where it sort of almost makes me uncomfortable listening to it because I'm <laughs> yeah. like, girl, like this is. Like you, like this is like you got to get this under control. <laughs> yeah. the, like you're not even that old, and this is like, uh, like this doesn't really matter. But then at the same time, I'm like, no, like I have felt these kind of feelings before, yeah. where you like so strongly, and you're like, I know this is stupid, but I feel it anyways. Right. Um, well, and but, like you look at, you know, Taylor Swift's early, you know, should have said no, like forever and always like arguably no one knew what those relationships were about so it was just like oh what a fun song like yes drag him queen but this one it's like this poor guy who who everyone knows his name but now only associates him with the fact that he's a traitor and (laughs) maybe he didn't cheat but he sure got close and like we hate him like that's a lot to put on an 18 year old like that's that's branded for life almost like (laughs) the poor guy is going to struggle to get out from under this shadow for a long time because she came out swinging like from the get-go well and it's also like well what did uh like like what is his move like yeah (laughs) does he come out and say like no that's not true well like that doesn't work if he if he doesn't say anything then that it's like he can't really defend himself yeah and as as much as I am sure that he is to blame and at least, you know, partially in this, I'm also like for every relationship, there's two sides of the story. And based on the things that she writes about, it doesn't seem like he was a horrible person. (laughs) It just seemed like, well, maybe they were dating and he just like wasn't as into it as, as she was. And then he met somebody that he liked more. So they're dating the next person. Yeah. Yeah. And when this happened, they were like 16. So So it's like, it is, it is wild to think about like your, these like immature relationship that never was going to be your soulmate. Like I think even Olivia knows that, but it feels so real in the moment that her, she pins these tracks that just eviscerate Mm -hmm. him and feel real to 30 year olds listening. And it's like, wow, wait, like let's take a step back and remember that this is all just like child's play. Getting a driver's license. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Which I love. And I think, I think most of the fans, listeners, like critics, whatever, all acknowledge that. But it is going to be interesting to watch like her youthful fan base and how they engage with that. And if it is sort of like a come for blood anytime What's-His-Face does anything or Sabrina Carpenter will never be able to be Sabrina again because she's just the girl who stole (laughs) Olivia's boyfriend. Like that's that's interesting to see such a young love triangle gets so much attention and like what is that what are the repercussions because of that? how long did they even do yeah it was like, like nothing it's like a flash in the pan i mean these songs have the emotion of yeah like like your fiance left you <laughs> yeah. sort of and it's no it's like these t- teenagers yeah which i admire her honestly for for allowing that teen angst space yes. to be seriously taken seriously and all these reviewers have to be like wow we admire this for once instead of being like oh you're such a child like get over it so props to her but it will be a interesting life journey for everyone she sings about because it's just like oh boy (laughs) that it comes out i mean this has done remarkably well driver's license obviously was a huge hit like debuted i don't think it debuted at number one but it eventually got there there. and um then this album is about to break like streaming records on spotify i think um it's it's set to break the record for most streams from a debut album with at least 225 million plays so it's like and critics have loved it i think overall it has like a score of 70 on metacritic and um i think it's like a huge deal and it'll continue to be i mean she was on snl like before the album even came out so she's like 
a household name already. And it's, it's going to be interesting to see how she grows well, with that. So this is, this is something that I'll say going back to like the TikTok thing at the beginning. Mm, mm-hmm. We, there are obviously lots of people who are in this Disney channel ecosystem who release music. And I feel like for the most part, people who are older, people who are, you know, college age or above, like, even if they were to like a song that was from one of them, they would sort of feel like unable to actually like really like it or, or, you know, stand it in any kind of way because it's like a Disney channel thing. Mm -hmm. Like, like radio DJs and stuff aren't out here playing songs by like Miranda Cosgrove and whatever, because it just feels like it's a diff. it, you just kind of feel looked down upon if like that's your taste of music like you're an adult and you're listening to something by a disney channel star but i think that tiktok weirdly breaks down (laughs) that barrier because tiktok is full of all of these young people but then all but then you also have all of these like 20 something 30 something year old people who are on it as well there's like no sort of division like you're mm. swiping through and it's like a 15 year old doing something and then you got a 40 the great year old equalizer doing yeah <laughs> yeah and these songs if they go on tiktok like it's only a 15 second clip it like gets caught in your head then it's these trends and so you might have a song that's by a disney channel person but now all of a sudden it's a trend and so these influencers are doing the trend and they're you know like in their 20s yeah and so i think that especially with driver's license which is a song that is geared towards young people because it's talking about (laughs) getting a driver's it's like geared towards high schoolers but because of tiktok it it became like socially acceptable yeah. to like that song and to like Olivia Rodrigo. Where now, you know, on Twitter, it's all of these people like Yas Queen, <laughs> Olivia Rodrigo. You know, it's like yeah, and and I I can't think of another Disney Channel person who was able oh, to yeah, do that yeah. like while they were still on a show. You know, like yeah. Miley Cyrus or Hillary Duff or somebody. It's like those people might have had musical moments, but they were like after they mm-hmm. left. No, that's very true, and I think. I think it was all just a perfect storm of people were thirsty for new content. People wanted to feel yeah. alive again. And <laughs> and yet we were all so, so nostalgic and stuck in our feelings. And so I totally see how TikTok, social media, like it normalized this moment that otherwise probably would have disappeared into louder headlines and um, bigger releases. But there's just been nothing for so long. And... It is part of the part of the fun of this is that it is remarkable that she at her age was able to create these sort of songs. Like I think Driver's License was a huge hit, not just because, you know, like uh, (laughs) we're in our feelings and it's on TikTok and people are singing to it, but because it's like, holy crap, like she's 18 and she's making this like journey of driving down a like neighborhood street feels so emotional and that at least that's for me like i feel like it really was stunning to listen to these songs and be like wow this is like a young star and it's always fun to watch those sort of prodigies um it kind of find their voice how many f-bombs she drops yes it's Uh, like every other word i'm like whoa like i will not be pigeonholed by this disney conglomerate She's like, she had, it's big, big vibes of like, just learn to swear word. And yeah. I'm like, I'm going to use it. <laughs> yeah. I, I admire her for it. It was a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. But should we get into these tracks? Oh, yeah. Let's do it. Um. Okay. So we start with Brutal. Yes. Which is, I think it's a good opener. It's sort of, it's in the like more rocker yeah, aesthetic like that she like has going mm-hmm. on. Just sort of about like how annoyed she is. <laughs> That she lives this, that she has this life, and sort of like people look down on her, and she—I don't know. It's, uh, yeah, it's. I love it. I thought yeah. it was good. It wasn't my favorite song on yeah. the album. I was kind of like, okay. I will say it's stuck in my head, and at first I was like, wow, this is too weird. This is too much. But I do, I do enjoy it, and I think it's it's a fun way to start the album because it's just peppered with these very specific details about her, like, oh, I can't parallel park and. And so it's like fun. It's like a hello, my name is Olivia, and like these are ten facts about me. And so it's like the most general (laughs) of the songs on the album for sure. Yeah, and it's able to like get us in her headspace and allow us to kind of 
go along for the ride with her and also sets the scene that she's like, I know I'm going to mess this up and I know people will be mad about this or sad about this. And like, uh, everyone's always judging me and blah, 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 teenage angst. And so it kind of like puts us on the, oh, okay, well, at least she's self-aware enough, I guess. Like, (laughs) I don't know. There's something to it that allows us to slip into the rest of the album with kind of uh, um, grace as we, as we take it on. Well, then track two is Traitor, which is, maybe the most damning song on the (laughs) album it's all about how (laughs) this guy maybe josh bassett like Uh, met another girl and then dumped her and started dating the other girl two weeks later and it is just like raking him over the coals oh i loved it (laughs) i think this is this might be the best like written song i feel like it's sort of slower but Mm. the lyrics are very good yeah it was I mean, I'm a Taylor Swift fan. Like, I know about, like, flames and, and you know, Dear John. Like, the mm-hmm. unsubtlety of, of taking down someone who hurt you. But this, like, took my breath away. I was like, holy crap, girl. Like, man, did he hurt you. And I I really admired her for it. I'm in her trash. And it's good she learned that so young. <laughs> track three is Driver's License, which I feel like we've already talked yeah, about. Love That's it. a single. So good. Then track four is one step forward, three steps back that Taylor Swift. Uh, yeah. This was surprisingly song. one that I didn't, I didn't love as much. I felt like this one, it's like about her, like uh, the ups and downs of a complicated relationship where you want something that he's not giving. And like, I think it, it felt a little too immature for me. Like it was just like, okay, like you're 16, like let's move on. <laughs> It also felt like one of the more vague songs. Yeah. Like I had to listen to it a couple times before I could really figure out like what's like what are we singing about? Yeah. What's the like relationship dynamic here? It's much clearer in other tracks. Also, I was thinking this as I was listening to it like for maybe the second or third time, like just the the whole album. Yeah. Of I don't know if it's a good choice or a bad choice that like if this is an album about one relationship, which you sort of feel like it is that it doesn't really go in like a linear fashion yeah. <laughs> from like, Oh, they're in the relationship and it's getting bad to like, yeah. Oh, now they're broken up to now they're moving on. It sort of like jumps all over the place. And I, in some ways I like that, but in some ways I'm sort of like, it, it does sort of like make the tracks like, uh, you kind of have to like come in and out yeah. of them a little bit more. Yeah. I think it works because thematically it felt less concerned with here's what happened to me and more yes. this is what I'm feeling and like just the mess of trying to process something you don't want to process mm-hmm. or know how to. And so I I enjoyed the messiness in a way because it felt like being in a teenager's, teenager's head again where you're like, oh, I'm fine. Oh, I miss him. Oh, I hate him. And it's just like you're constantly trying to figure out like how you feel on any given day in any given moment. And so I totally see what you mean, though, because when I did listen to it straight through, like I was like, wow, what's (laughs) what's the story here? We're just we're revisiting the same like two month period in each song. It's just a different angle each take. You know what I mean? But some of it's like after she's been broken up. Some of it's like during the breakup. (laughs) Some of it's like before. Yeah, it's a. It's like it's clearly not going well, but it's not like <laughs> timely. Yeah, yeah. Track five is Deja Vu, which is the second single yeah. that she released, which was which my for favorite TikTokers. single. Yeah, and this is my favorite song on the album. I oh, think. Okay, it's a good. I feel like it's a good mix of it's slower, mm-hmm. but there's still like some production yeah. value to it. There's some fun, where some of these, yeah. yeah. And this is the TikTok song where you like flip your face back and forth a bunch of times. And they're like, is your face symmetrical? Oh, yeah. Did you do this or are you too scared? <laughs> well, I I did. But then I was sort of like, I could, I was like struggling to get the angle. Yeah. And I couldn't figure out if my face was symmetrical or not. Or <laughs> so if it was I just felt. like the where I was holding the camera. I was like, what's it supposed to look like? I don't know. <laughs> but one, like one side of my jaw is like slightly more round than the other if you like look at it at a certain angle but i feel like otherwise my face is pretty symmetrical. okay well we'll have to do the challenge and then we'll see for sure <laughs> okay perfect um and then good for you came up which is the third single which i was not into when it came out but 
listening to it on the album, I was like, okay, never mind. This fits in a little better than I thought it would. This is very popular, currently yeah. number one on the billboard. And I like this song and like the especially the part that the chorus that they use for TikTok. <laughs> I hate the opening verse of this. It's like her it's kind of weird like weirdly slow and her vocals like don't match up with the beat of the music. It's like every time I play it I'm like, "Oh, I hate this." And then I get past that and I'm like, "Oh no, this is actually a good song." <laughs> but I hate the beginning of it. I'm trying so to remember much. the the melody. It's like the but it's like there's like a there's like a beat and then her like cadence doesn't like match up with the beat it's like a what is the word like a sing a syncopated i think oh okay yeah i just listened to a little bit of it i remembered I actually think I'm the opposite where I really like the verse and then and then the paramore chorus takes over and I'm like, oh, this is like way too way too familiar and uninteresting to me at my current phase of life. Like I just can't get into that sort of like angsty pop punk rock. But um but I like the verses because it's like sassy and snarky and sarcastic. <laughs> Yeah, but it's just the first verse that I don't oh, like. Oh, really? Like by the time you get to the second one, it's like kind of different. I'm going to have to listen to it more closely, I guess. I I, 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 I feel know. like you're coming at it with a different, you know, TikTok experience. And maybe that's shifted how you can process songs as a whole. <laughs> well, also the TikTok for this is like people sort of like walking around. And then you put the phone on the ground and like pretend to step on the phone. <laughs> And then it like, and then it's like the glow up. It's another wow, one. Wow, I, I haven't mean, seen that one yet. Forever. There's only actually like six TikTok trends that they just repurpose for different <laughs> songs, and one of them is always the like, "This is me, normal." And now this, this is, is me. Is me ha. hot. Yeah. Yes, and that's what this is. Just a little bit more angry. You got to break your right. phone. Right. Yes. Do it. You'd like, yeah. You okay. like put your phone on the ground and then you pretend to stomp on it and then you pick it back up and it's like, should I'm we? Hot now. Should we do a TikTok challenge where we see who gets the most views on our different Olivia Rodrigo challenge? We were trying to do that at the beginning of the pandemic, and I was very invested in TikTok. <laughs> because you were also doing them and then you quit doing them and i lost I all motivation i know even though like, even the like, idea evil corporation even the blah, idea blah, blah. of having to put on like makeup and look hot for a tiktok like that's a lot of effort y'all i haven't put on like a good face in a while so it sounds like a lot of well, work you but better I try. get ready I try. because i'm coming to visit and we are going <laughs> to be taking photos okay oh, okay we can do photos yeah i'll be ready I okay. have I have a whole I have a whole out I have my whole outfit plan. I was like, <laughs> oh, this is a good outfit. I was like, I'm gonna wear this the day that I'm fully with Shelby and we're doing things because I know we'll be taking. We'll pictures. have to, yeah. I mean, we need them for our podcast. Even I'm running out of faces of yours to Photoshop onto things. So right, exactly. So yeah, perfect. It's important um, so then we sort of move into I feel like the back half of the uh, album. You hate the back half of albums. <laughs> which I do because they're always full of slow filler songs, which is what sort of happens here. We get Enough for You is the next one. Yes. Which is about like, oh, she's like trying really hard, but like like she's trying hard in this relationship and he isn't trying hard. And yeah. then she, you know, sort of like regrets the fact that she was like so invested when he like clearly wasn't. Yeah, I'll admit that this this is one that I'm not always like I read the lyric, the title. I'm like, wait, which one is this? What does it sound like? Yeah. But I think I like it when it plays, but it is sort of one of those singer songwriting types. Like there's a guitar and stuff and it's yeah. strummy. <laughs> yeah. And then we get happier, which is another song of a one. similar vibe. But this one, I feel like the message is clearer. Yeah. Like the writing is better. Yeah. Because it's all about how like she like how she doesn't want him to be happier with the new girl than he was yes. with her. Which I feel like is a sentiment that people very regularly experience. And I I think she nails it in like yeah, like you said, it feels obvious, but I also feel like I haven't heard someone like nail it in the same way where she's like, mm -hmm. I want you to be happy, but don't be happier. And I was like, right. oh my gosh, <laughs> yes. Like, where was this when I needed it? But I really do feel like this is a, I mean, it's a beautiful song to listen to, but it's also like a fun one full of these little hints that you get in songs like 
you know, traitor and deja vu too, where mm-hmm. y- you really do get the vibe that she does not care for Sabrina Carpenter. <laughs> Sabrina. <laughs> no, she does not she like is Sabrina. not a fan. And, um, and I admire her honesty. So I do enjoy this one, both for the the song itself, but the story she weaves through it, too. Then we get Jealousy, Jealousy. Yes. Which I feel like is a little off topic. Because it, it's yeah. more about her just being sort of like insecure and jealous of other girls and less about the relationship. Yeah, thing. no. There's a couple songs on this back end. Uh, Hope You're Okay is the other one that kind of shifts oh, yeah. gears. But this one works for me because, again, she's, bless her heart, she's writing it as if she's the only one who's ever had these thoughts. But she also does it in a general way that everyone else can identify with. And so I'm like, she's learning. You know, like, this is like Feminism 101. And I and I like that she's exploring that, that cognitive um, distortion, if you will. And she's trying to unpack if her jealousy is healthy or can ever be. And also... I'm glad that this is on the album because it is sort of like the punk rock aesthetic again. So I feel like it's like brutal, good for you and jealousy, jealousy are the same like vibe at least. Yeah. So at least there's like a little bit of a through line there. I loved Um, it. I really did enjoy this song. I, I feel like it's one that a lot of from the critics I've read, they like it. And I think it is because while it does have that teenage angst, it does ultimately rise above the more teenage visuals you get in the other songs. Mm-hmm. And so this does feel a little bit more easy for a 30-year-old to identify with than something like driver's license. Uh-huh. And so I think that helped this one kind of climb to the top as well. And I think it'll be one that sticks around as a fan favorite. At then least for her favorite- millennial crowd. <laughs> yeah. Then we have Favorite Crime, which I, this is another slow guitar song. And I felt, I felt like the metaphor here was, so I was like struggling exactly to figure out what was going on. It was like a little jumbled for me. Yeah, this is, yeah, I, if I had to cut a song, it would be this one. I really don't know what it's about. (laughs) Oh, really? I'd cut the next one. I feel like that is just like, why is it here? But this, but Favorite Crime, Favorite Crime to just pause here for a minute is, yes. It's like, it's her trying to process if she's responsible for the breakup. Is that what she's saying? Or I, what I sort of came around to is that she regretted doing certain things in the relationship that she felt like she was trying to do to keep him. Yeah. But that also he was doing bad things. So, so like, yeah. that, that she was sort of like his accomplice. <laughs> it kind of had a somewhat similar message maybe to like getaway car right but i feel like that is a much better song and a much clearer song than this yeah this felt like uh, it's it's like you know when an interviewer is like what's your flaw and you're like i work too hard it's like someone's like oh do you think you're responsible and she's like well i care too much you know like that's (laughs) that's the level of responsibility she's gonna take in this relationship and but i do feel like if we are look if we if we're trying to like get a snapshot of this relationship from this album, like obviously we're getting this picture of Josh Bassett like being yeah. interested, like going on doing whatever. But I do also feel like we're getting a picture, like whether she wants us to or not, of sort of like I could see how maybe being in a relationship her with her would be a little difficult where she does feel like she has a lot of feelings. She's like very obsessed and how <laughs> that could be a little bit draining. <laughs> wow. Okay. <laughs> Josh dad over here. Um, I do think it was interesting because in an article or an interview she did, or no, it was in like her zine. She really <laughs> said this because zines are back in fashion. Help us all. But, um, she said about this song that um, in her songwriting, she tends to be literal and metaphors and similes aren't where her brain tends to go. So she said she's super proud of this song. And I read that as it was sort of a stretch for her, which I think is why it doesn't necessarily nail the metaphor, as you said. Um, mm-hmm. So, you know, I I think she's self-aware on that. And I, I look forward to more um, straightforward, specific songs to come. But... <laughs> This, again, feels like something that had we had another, like, three months of songwriting before Mm. the album came out, that this would have been replaced by something that was better. 
Yeah, but Hope You're Okay, which is the final track, which is one where she gives up on talking about her relationship and instead talks about like old friends that she's lost touch with over the <laughs> 17 years of her life. And um and ho- and I guess it's like I don't know. It it kind of it kind of felt like oh, like what's the Katy Perry one? The plastic bag. Oh, firework. Yeah, like it's like, you know, every pop star has to have this like anthem that's like or it's like Macklemore's um, I'm Not Gay song. What's that yes. one? <laughs> yeah, Same Love. Same mm-hmm. Love. Where it's like, they're, you know, bless their hearts. They're, they're, they're standing up for the LGBTQ community, which I totally support. And I did like parts of this song. Like, I think I liked parts of it, but it also felt a little cloying and sort of like, what is happening here? It's just like, I feel like this is a bad song on a lot of different fronts. Yeah. Where it's like, the I don't think that the writing is particularly strong. Yeah. The music is basically just guitar or whatever, or piano again. It's not really doing anything interesting. And also, it does not fit with any of the other songs, yeah. like, theme-wise. Because the rest <laughs> of these are all about a relationship, for the most part, or about her sort of, like at like you know sorting through her own kind of like baggage or yeah. things that she's dealing with where this feels like just a completely separate yeah you know side thing and again i feel like had she had a couple more months this is another song that could have gotten replaced from the lineup yeah because this is the song with the line address the letters to the holes in my butterfly wings <laughs> i was like what does that mean <laughs> i really struggled with that uh metaphor i don't know quite what she's going she for and do well with metaphor yeah either, exactly remember, so. um but it's weird too because in each verse she's talking about a specific person but then in the bridge in this line she's like address the letters to the holes in my butterfly wings so it's like well wait what what damage have you experienced like what you know what i mean like i i don't know it, right. it felt also- jumbled yeah yes i 100 percent agree <laughs> with that um so I guess my question is now, like, looking at this album. Yeah. So, obviously, she's had three singles. The They've done well. Yeah. They're going to at least attempt a fourth single, I'm sure, off of this album. Like, which song do you go with? I think... I think she'd do... Well, I think it'd be best to do something like Jealousy, Jealousy, or Brutal. Um, because it's summer, because those are better radio plays, they're more upbeat, they're out tempo, they could be remixed for clubs, I don't know. But I feel like they'll lean towards going back to a ballad like Driver's License because they just did good for you and do something like Traitor. Yeah, that's what I think they're going to do too. Yeah. And I also feel like Trader, like you could easily do something in a music video that's like, is it? <laughs> yeah. Is it? is it Sabrina Carter? <laughs> like it sort of looks like her, but is it? This is what I they also- need to do is a music video starring the original cast of High School Musical playing the roles of the of Olivia and Josh and whoever as they and are you know that they would do it because truly they don't like those people have nothing going on yes it would be very thank you nexty <laughs> exactly um, i'd be here for it this is my other um suggestion mm. what do you think the likelihood is that she comes out with one step forward three steps back but it's some kind of mm. new version that taylor swift is also singing on. interesting i mean taylor swift did um peg uh olivia rodrigo and conan gray to promote her taylor's version so there is a relationship there they did meet at the um whatever award the brits and so there is something there but i feel i don't know i think that would be really smart for both of them honestly and would be a huge hit just because of who they are. But I don't know if that would be the right. I don't know. What could Taylor Swift well, add to it really? You know what I mean? <laughs> well, I mean, it's Taylor Swift does I feel like doesn't really do that kind of thing. Yeah, no. She so that's doesn't. the so that's my question. I mean, even when she has collaborations on her own yeah. albums with people, it's not really collaborations. <laughs> They're like singing a backup track. But Well, unless you're I a dude, wa- then 
the negative yeah. Words. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but I was thinking sort of in the lines of like um, when Billie Eilish had the version of Bad Guy that Justin Bieber was on. Mm-hmm. We're not so much like that they're adding anything to it fully so much as or like singing along with them so much as like they're just getting rid of a verse and adding a new verse Mm. and i feel like one step forward three steps back is enough of like a sort of random song that taylor swift could that they could easily like scrap the second verse and then put taylor have taylor swift write something to go in there and she already has a writing credit on there and she's a a fan of olivia no i wouldn't be here for that honestly um, people were surprised Taylor didn't like post something in, you know, like, oh, listen to this great album. It's amazing. Like, congrats, Olivia, because she's done that with other with other mm-hmm. indie artists. But I feel like that means that, you know, this is like a person who has her cell phone number, you know, like they're texting. This is like a relationship now <laughs> because Taylor's sort of taken her under her wing and sent her like a care package of all this stuff she used when she wrote Red and all this, you know. I don't know, singer songwriter insider trading type thing. So I can see them doing something together, whether that, I mean, the other theory is that Taylor's going to ask her to open whenever she goes on tour again. And that would be wild because Olivia is sort of at that Justin Bieber stage where it seems like she could fuel her own tour. She just doesn't have the songs for it necessarily. Right. Yeah. Yeah. She would, she wouldn't, like well, I mean, she could play every song she yeah. has, and it would be under <laughs> yeah. an hour. So, yeah, she'd have to do something else. But also, Taylor Swift isn't actually like touring, touring, is it? Well, she? I know, but that's like things are going to be announced soon because every these like stadiums are finally opening up again. Yeah. So that's a theory, but again, who knows? And Olivia might be a little bit too big of a name. Well, I mean, at I don't that think point, so. Like Ed Sheeran, she's. I feel like Camila Cabello, when she was on tour, was a bigger name than Olivia Rodrigo is. I forgot about Camila. (laughs) I was like, oh, Charlie XCX opened for her. But no, she was the opener of the opener. Um, But Charlie XCX is is actually better than both of the other people that were on that tour. So it's awkward (laughs) that she was the first. Anyways, um, I mean, that's the other question is, do you think she will? Like, what do you think is next for her? Like, she's. The High School Musical, the series, the musical, whatever, season two has already premiered. So she's not like promoting that. Now she has this album. Like, is she going to roll out a second one really fast and ride this wave? Is she like, what does she do? Does she open for someone? Who does she open for? No one's on tour. Does she go on her own mini tour, like a coffee house tour? Well, I mean, she had, there's, so, well, one, I think she's under contract. I was reading like to do more High School Musical. Yeah. And, I guess this second season that her and Joshua Bassett like are somehow like separate from each other for a lot of it, <laughs> but that, but I feel like at some point they'll have, like they'll awkward. have to yeah. <laughs> film that. Um, I think, yeah, if she's going to go on tour at all of this album, she'll have that to work on. And then also, I mean, she's an actress, so I would imagine that she's probably getting offers for other acting. Oh my roles. gosh. Phantom of the Opera. Well, I was going to say <laughs> uh, Knives Out too. Oh, yeah. I mean, either really. I mean, is she... Do you think... I felt like this was a pivot to her more destined thing, which is singing. But do you think she wants to keep acting? Like, that's a dream, too? Well, the thing with acting, I feel like, is... I mean, she has to be on this show. So yeah, she yeah. has to do that acting. So I don't know how many like big full mo- movies she could do. Yeah. But I think she could easily get roles in movies where she, you know, has to show up for like three days of shooting right. and gets a big chunk of money. Yeah. And then that is something where, you know, it's like more exposure and you're showing up. Yeah. Because yes, like these albums are doing well, but I feel like she's not really a household name yeah. in where I feel like that would get more of her like image out there rather than just these like TikTok That's songs. Fair. I think that also <laughs> I'm sure that she'll be working on more music, but I also kind of feel like if most of this music came from like one very specific yeah. relationship experience, I mean, not to say that she can't write about other things, <laughs> but I wonder it, I wonder how much like of a drive there is to just like keep writing music right? versus how much it's sort of like, oh, when the next thing happens to her, yeah. when she falls in love, when, you know, whatever, then she'll be back more into the songwriting than just normally. Yeah, it's sort of, 
Yeah, it's it's hard to imba- imagine like what the best thing is because yeah, my instinct is to say like live a little more, get a little more life experience, and then write something, and then people will be interested in your life again. Um, but I do feel like there's a much faster turnaround with musicians these days where they have shorter breaks in between albums. But I don't know if that necessarily always. Yeah, works I don't out think it's. Like what I, do. I mean, <laughs> in some like. For every Ariana Grande, I feel like yeah. there's plenty of people who like have albums. So you're like, wait, they had another one. I don't even know. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. I think that probably, honestly, the best move for her is to take uh, a leaf out of Taylor Swift's book and get into another high-profile relationship. Yes. I mean, who would want to date her though? I mean, she's just gonna write a song about them. Well, <laughs> look, Taylor Swift managed to find a whole lot of different people who wanted to date her. Yeah. So. <laughs> I know. I wish I I knew more about teen stars because then we could play a game of who should she. But I don't know anyone well, but under Taylor the age. Swift of... wasn't dating a lot of teen stars. Well, I mean, Taylor well, Swift's guess... like fame, like Joe Jonas was her eighteen year old relationship, yes. and then yeah, and then she progressed into older. I mean, I guess then it was Dear John, which <laughs> happened to help her. Let's not make Olivia Rodrigo so, date him. I feel like she, I feel like Olivia Rodrigo could easily date someone who is in like the in their like mid 20s okay fine <laughs> like i'm trying to think of who are like actors who who's are... the guy in work it who dated sabrina carpenter because that's a story or is he gay no he's married i think what jordan fisher? fisher is married yes oh yes. my he gosh. just got married at disney world oh, yes mm-hmm. grown-up disney star fans yeah adults mm-hmm. yeah oh. mm-hmm. wow that just um, i just lost a lot of respect for i'm him. just gonna look up like 20s like like honestly <laughs> timothy chalamet wow wow i mean i don't know why maybe it's because of the subject matter i'm just like oh my gosh this little baby she shouldn't be dating these full-grown men but you're right i mean arguably yeah, Taylor Swift was 19 dating Jake Gyllenhaal. Or maybe Tom she was Holland. 20. I could see that oh, situation going. I don't think they'd get along. Tom Holland is like a dork, you know? <laughs> yes, but... <laughs> maybe she deserves like, that now. Dylan Minnette, the guy from... Um, uh, really anybody from... Oh, what about... Either Riverdale or Ew, no. 13 no, Reasons no, no. Why. Get out of here Or that. any of those people. What about... Yeah. Oh, the hot Asian from 13 Reasons Why. He's tall. He's handsome. Ross Butler. I don't remember his name. I just know him as... Dylan name. O'Brien. Oh, yeah. Dylan Noah O'Brien. Centineo. Yeah. <laughs> no, 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 no. Not to know it. No. <laughs> Um, what about, uh, Joe, uh, the, um, Steve from Stranger Things? Ew, he's like 40, isn't he? He's not 40. He's 40. He is. uh, He, she can date the, the hot, hunky lifeguard from Stranger Things. That person is well. <laughs> oh my right. gosh. You're right. This he episode is. is going on. We've <laughs> talked about this for far, far longer. Okay, I'm sorry. I'm to. sorry. Anyways, um. Okay. Glad we got to talk about this. Excited to see you in person this weekend. We get to watch a movie together. We get to, you know, interact together. And we also are going to record an episode for our Patreon. So (laughs) in the flesh, like face to face, we've never done that before. I I don't know how it's going to go, honestly. Yeah, I'm not sure exactly how to even do that with the equipment, but we'll try. (laughs) We're just going to be like realizing how often each of us looks at our phone while the other one's talking, I guess. Um, Speak for yourself, Shelby. (laughs) You're like, I'm watching a whole TV show. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) No, but that'll be coming on our Patreon, which you can check out. Um, And also we have some merch and um, some newly photoshopped merch designs which i got a sample of and they look pretty legit so (laughs) something to look forward to um but you can also find us on social media we're at psu wrong on instagram and twitter and i guess you know we're on tiktok matt's really in on the trends there so hopefully he's churning out some content as well i I have not created content in (laughs) a year but i am on tiktok watching (laughs) okay well we'll have to workshop some of that but um Anything else? No, that's it. See you guys next week. Bye.